We are in Torah Chaf in the Kutim Aran, Seif Dalid, Torah 20, part 4 of this Torah. And this Torah is called Tisha Tikunim, the nine rectifications, which, as we explained, are these nine points in the beard, in the holy beard, the supernal beard of Zeranpin, that the Zohar, the Sifra, this Nyuta describes. Uh, these nine rectifications that are uh, represented in these nine par parts of the beard, nine points. And the way that the Zohar, the Sifra, this Nyuta explains, describes these nine points, Rabbi Nachman uh, shows us how the definition that the Zohar gives, the explanation and the description that the Zohar gives to each one of these nine points are describing, alluding to the nine parts of the formula which represents everything that we're doing in this world, going through uh, our journey in this world is, is all about leaving Mitzrayim, right? Going, uh, we're in the exile, we begin in the darkness and the concealment and, uh, and through the adversity, through the difficulties that we face, uh, we break through that, that shell, that klipa, and we leave, we are delivered we are Hashem saves us from the exile of Mitzrayim, um, and as the Torah tells us, when when uh, when the nation of Israel left, when Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim, they left Mitzrayim berichush gadol, tremendous wealth, tremendous abundance. Okay, uh, and we know kabbalistically that means to say that they took with them all these sparks of holiness. The only reason why they descended into Mitzrayim. Yaakov and his sons was in order to uh, to to rectify these sparks of holiness that were trapped in that klipa from the sin of Adam Arishon, right? When Adam, uh, when he sinned with the tree of knowledge of good and bad, so everything was mixed. And we know that Darizal tells us that there is this uh, this spiritual man of the klipa that that correspond. It's the opposite of the spiritual man of holiness. There's Adam Bigdusha. The man of holiness, which represents the body of all of our souls, the holy souls. And then there is the opposite of that, the, the Adam Bilial de Klipa, says that result, which is this, this, this body, the spiritual body that makes up all the souls of the Klipa. Okay. And that result tells us that by the sin of, of the tree of knowledge of good and bad, the man of the Klipa, all that whole spiritual body of all of those souls, swallowed up the man of holiness swallowed him up and the head of the man of holiness was swallowed up in the head of the man of klipa and the right arm and the right arm the left arm and the left arm every part of this man of holiness was swallowed in the corresponding part in that body in that spiritual body of the man of klipa now Rizal tells us he explains to us a few times Actually, he, he, he teaches us this point, how each one of the exiles that we've been through represent another one of the Eivarim, another one of the limbs of this man of the Klippa. And, for example, he tells us that the, 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 the Mitzrayim, which is the head of all the exiles, is the skull, the Golgolet, or the Keter of the Klippa. And when we went into, descended there, it was in order to remove the sparks of holiness, those souls that were swallowed up in that place, 
in the Klippa. And when we left there, we left the Rechush Gadol with a tremendous wealth and abundance. It's these sparks of holiness that we took out. Okay, and, and that's why the Arizal tells us that, that in that, in Medrash, not just the Arizal, the Midrashim, the Gemara, the Talmud, so many places in Chazal, our Chachamim teach us that all of the exiles were included in the exile of Mitzrayim. Because in that part, in the Keter, yeah, everything else is included. As we know, this is a rule that we see many times uh, repeated. And so that's the purpose of exile. The purpose of exile is to remove the sparks of holiness, the energy, those aspects of our self that were lost, concealed. We've been disconnected from. And so every time we go through adversity, every time we go through an exile, we are able to be empowered through that. And we see that. We see most most people will agree that their greatest empowerment, their greatest success came through adversity. Okay, but the um, the Orachai Makadosh, Rabbi Chaim ben Atar, explains to us a very important rule to recognize. And he tells us, he says, that the Jews needed to go through the adversity of Mitzrayim they had to go through the adversity of Mitzrayim in order to remove those sparks of holiness that were trapped there because they had still yet to receive the Torah. But says the Orachim that when we receive the Torah, we now have a power much greater than adversity that is able to select like a magnet, the most powerful magnet, spiritual magnet in the world to select remove and elevate and rectify the sparks of holiness that are found in the Klippa. And so to the extent and the degree, says the Orachim, that we involve ourselves in Torah study every day, that's the extent of the de- and the degree that we will be able to uh, remove those sparks of holiness that have to do with our soul without having to go through the adversity and the difficulty of exile. And so really what that means is that every every adversity that we experience in our life is only showing us it's a representation that there is a lack here in our Torah study, in the quantity and the quality of our Torah study. Okay? The Arizal's uh, perspective is as well, yes, the power of Torah is the greatest power to select and elevate these sparks of holiness, but the Arizal also puts a tremendous stress in the significance of tefillah, our three daily prayers, in order to do this rectification. Okay? According to the Arizal, that the, uh, the, the quality of our tefillah, the kavan of our tefillah, from the heart, this is what we've been speaking about, a heart-centered prayer is the most powerful way to select and elevate the sparks of holiness of that day. So according to Arizal teaches us this rule that every day that we live in this world, there are specific sparks of holiness that have to do with that day, that our job in this world is to select and elevate and lift up and rectify those sparks of holiness of that day. And to the extent and the degree that we're successful in fulfilling this mission is how sweet we will experience that day. Okay? Okay? But if a person um, if a person procrastinates elevating, lifting up, and rectifying those sparks of holiness of that day, then a person, that's when Darvashash explains this as well. Many Mekubalim. That's when all of a sudden adversity falls on the person. All of a sudden there are challenges and difficulties. And why is that? Because the klipa that is surrounding those sparks of holiness, if you're procrastinating, removing them, all of a sudden those klipas that are surrounding, that have swallowed those sparks of holiness, all of a sudden they're aware, oh my gosh, there's a person here, there's a soul here that has the power to remove my my soul, well, the soul that they're that 
their source of life because the klipa doesn't have a source of life by itself it only lives off like a parasite it lives off of those sparks of holiness and so what they do is they come and they stand in the way of this person and try to make life difficult for him to distract him from being able to remove those sparks of holiness and return those sparks of holiness to the rightful place but say the mikubalim the holy mikubam the arbiza the rishash if a person this and this is the significance of zrizin makdimin la mitzvot very important rule that we have in the torah that the importance of doing the opposite of procrastinating procrastination okay so don't don't push any mitzvah off do it the first the earliest time possible we learned we see that avraham did that by yashkem avraham babuker right away early in the morning he went uh, Hashem commanded him to take Yitzchak right to Hiram to 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 sacrifice his son he didn't he didn't hesitate not a moment the earliest thing the first thing in the morning okay before before even dawn right away he wakes up he goes right away he prepares his donkey and he prepares for the journey there's not a moment of not a moment of hesitation okay this is also the whole the energy okay the meaning of the matzot okay the unleavened bread its bread was not given a moment on its own okay we're constantly focused and connected to the will of Hashem without a moment of hesitation or procrastination and what's the power what's the significance of that it's a significant foundation one of the fundamentals of all of Torah and mitzvot is this idea what's the significance of it because when you don't give a moment's hesitation and the moment the time is ripe to remove that spark you do it so then there's not even enough time where that klipa to know what's happening and right away it's 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 you know you you took away you returned you took back that spark of holiness and so then you don't you don't experience any challenges any adversity any pain any suffering and just things go smoothly more smoothly and more smoothly more easily and more easily more pleasantly and more pleasantly and they everything in your reality is just more conducive to a joyful happy life and so what's really interesting is that usually the attitude that is the state of mind that that, that allows a person through which a person is zariz is quick to right away you know without any hesitation without any procrastination uh, fulfills the torah and the mitzvah the earliest time possible that is an attitude and a state of mind of joy and happiness and what it does is it generates a life and a reality of more joy and happiness because as we said there's no more adversity there's no more challenges no more pain and suffering just things flow smoothly and easily and pleasantly full of pleasure so that's an interesting point to recognize um but let's get back to here what we're speaking about is all about the formula of leaving Mitzrayim and then leaving Mitzrayim is is not just about not being in exile of Mitzrayim it's about the journey to the land of eternal life to Eretz Yisrael Eretz Achaim okay to which is basically our connection our relationship with the Shekhinah and so we go through the the 42 points in the desert the 42 points in the desert is all about selecting uh, rectifying and elevating uh, elevating and rectifying the sparks of holiness of those 42 points okay and then through that we come to Eretz Yisrael um, and we inherit the land and we inherit the land and this is basically a representation of the time of Geula redemption where we are uh, we are we are 
giving Hashem, we are attributing real kingship to Hashem. We are elevating, glorifying Hashem's kingship. Okay? Machut Shamayim. That's what Eretz Yisrael is all about. Okay? And so we learned about the soul of Miriam, that the soul of Miriam in her merit, the water comes forth, the wellspring of Miriam comes forth from the Sela, from the rock in the Midbar and quenches the thirst of all of Am Yisrael, the whole nation. And we explain that really this is representing the soul that is the source of all the explanations of the Torah. And in her merit, all the explanations of the Torah are drawn to the explanations of the Torah are drawn to the whole nation in the hers in her merit. Um, it's important to uh, explain. Let's explain something here. In the Torah, we have certain places where the Torah describes to us what type of stone is being is spoken about. In the Choshen, okay, in Parshat Truma, we speak about the Choshen, uh, the breastplate of the of the high priest, and the Abnim Iluim also on his shoulders. And we and the Torah tells us what these stones are specifically, and there is special energy that is attributed that is connected to these stones even the zohar speaks about this energy specific energy healing properties and specific stones and the different types of energy and different types of precious stones um the the midrash also tells us that uh the staff of moshe was made up made up made of a certain type of stone a precious stone called sanpirinon and this stone is stronger, more uh, more solid, and unbreakable than all the diamonds in the world put together. And it's also more uh, more precious. This, the Medrash tells us also that the luchot, the tablets, the tablets, the second tablets, the first tablets that we received from Hashem, were the actual tablets were not really. Uh, something that we can say clearly say that it was physical it was it was it was the tablets and the writing was from Hashem whereas the second tablets it was the tablets that Moshe prepared and the writing was from Hashem okay there's a whole deeper understanding meaning behind what that means but let's not get into that right now and so the second tablets the Luchot Shniot were created were were made from this precious stone as well called San Pirinon that uh, the Medrash tells us, Misham nit asher Moshe. Hashem tells Moshe, uh, cut for yourself, shape for yourself these two tablets, bring them here to the heaven. And Hashem wrote the, the writing, right? The, the, the writing of the second tablets on these stones. But Hashem showed Moshe where to find these stones. Okay, so he showed him, you know, here, this, here, you dig a little bit over here or you go into this cave and you'll find it and uh, and there was a big amount of it and he had to shape these two luchot and so Hashem tells him solicha, shape for yourself so meaning that he has to kind of like make it a certain shape and there's what is whatever is left over from it right and so whatever was left over from it the Medrash tells us on those words in the Torah adrasha, whatever is left over from the second tablets shall be for you. And the Medrash tells us that Misham nit asher Moshe. Moshe became extremely wealthy from the whatever whatever dust was left over 
when he shaped the tablets because this stone, the Sampirinon stone, was is so precious. What do we, what is it? I don't know if we're, we we have it today. I don't think anyone is really knows about what this stone is exactly today. But it's so strong and it's so solid that the Medrash also tells us that, and Rashi brings this, that it can it can just by by hitting a rock, that rock would split because of how strong and solid this stone, San Pirinon, um, is. Okay, so here we have places in the Torah where it describes to us and it tells us exactly which stone it is. But the rock in the Midbar, through from where the wellspring of Miriam came forth, it doesn't discuss, it doesn't say what which rock it is. First of all, it's not a stone. So the assumption is it's not a precious stone. It's a simple rock. And it's such a simple rock that the Medrash tells us that when Moshe was told the second time uh, in the Midbar, when they didn't have water and he was told to speak to the rock and he hit it, at first, he it was the wrong one. Okay, and that's why it didn't. He spoke to a rock, and it was the wrong one, and that's why water didn't come forth. And then he went and he hit the right one, but he hit it instead of speaking to it. Okay, so it could be that we can assume from that that they, they it looked just like any other rock. Okay, um, so the significance here is not which rock, and the significance it's not really the rock of Miriam. Whenever the Torah speaks about the the water that was that was brought to all of Am Yisrael for the whole nation, it doesn't say that it was from the rock of Miriam. It says it was the wellspring of Miriam. So really, the significance here is not the rock; it's the wellspring. Okay, and so I think on a deeper level, what we can um, we can explain here is, and we can understand here is that what we saw based on what we saw in this Torah here, that that this physical rock over here okay in this physical world what they had in the desert okay so when there is an opening of the heart here down here okay which is in the merit of miriam and that causes as we spoke about the the opening of the heart of the supernal heart so what happens is that the physical rock in this desert is no longer a block for that wellspring of living waters to come forth. We said that the wellspring of living waters is something that's transcendent, something that is beyond this physical world, okay? And in this physical world, most people experience having a, a heart of rock, okay? The, the Gemara tells us that when our prayers are uh, received, accepted, and we see results from our prayers, it is because we prayed to, an, to a point where, an, in a way that our heart turned, was transformed from a heart of rock to a heart of flesh, a soft heart. Okay, so that means that the ego is this rock and it's the physical self, the animal self that gets in the way of that connectedness, that, cent, that, heart, cent, that heart centered prayer. And when we do open that heart and we pray from that that heart and we awaken in, in the same way at the same time through this the supernal heart so then the wellsprings of torah which is coming from somewhere way beyond this physical world they may come forth even from a physical rock in the desert because that physical rock is no longer a block because you have unblocked that physicality by opening up 
your your heart instead of having it closed off like a rock because your reality on the outside is just a, a mirror of what's going on on the inside and in your physical reality your own personal reality you have dissolved the that indifference that um in that domain the characteristic of a domain of an inanimate object which is a rock that usually most people live their lives with a heart that is inanimate a heart that's indifferent a cold closed off disconnected heart where people are suppressing their emotions where people are just living their life judging others from their head analyzing instead of being present with what is with their being and their heart right here and so when we pray to Hashem from that heart center right from that connection to the heart from that heart awareness which as Rabbi Nachman says the heart is the is the is the the godliness within man is in the the pure inner point of the heart the holy soul of the heart and so we want to connect from that place and when you do so you awaken the supernal heart and then the wellspring of these living waters that come from somewhere beyond the world are able to come forth from a physical rock here in the desert it's no longer a block it's no longer blocking because in your inner reality you remove that block again okay? so that's that's the understanding that we see here um that that the significance is always given to the be'er of Miriam, the wellspring of Miriam. we don't see that there's any significance attributed to the actual rock from which Miriam brought the water forth as if that rock had special qualities it's not the rock that had the special qualities it's this it's the ability to draw forth that those waters from the supernal heart from the tsur levavi which is the heart of all hearts okay the supernal heart is the heart of all hearts and we saw that Miriam has to speak in a certain way she her words need to be passionate with fiery passion in order for those words uh, of Torah to be drawn to all of the people understanding Torah explaining Torah in that generation and when that is cooled off so then she passes away and all those explanations of the Torah are lost and then they no longer have the answers to all their questions they no longer have the solutions to all their problems and then there begins this quarrel and this argument against the leaders against Moshe and Aaron and uh, Rabbi Nachman tells us that when any person wants to learn Torah and draw to himself explanations of the Torah they must go through this process of as well of opening their heart and, to Hashem uh, and folk and connecting to Hashem from their heart and and when you do that Hashem's the supernal heart so to speak is also open towards this person and and then these words the waters are drawn to this person as words of prayer heartfelt prayer and then the words of the actual explanation of the Torah which is which are the answers to all the questions the solutions to all the problems and Rabbi Nachman says that when you pray and and you're with a group of people uh, and you're praying before you draw these explanations of the Torah on behalf of the group of people that are there present such a prayer is never refused and such a prayer is significantly more powerful to open the supernal heart and to draw those waters down but if a person is is wanting to draw those explanations just for himself so that sometimes is not as effective and so um so when you pray and you're praying 
on behalf of this group of people with that unified intention of those people uh, everyone is connected there and you're connecting yourself your soul to them then that prayer is 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 much more powerful because it increases the holiness above and that holiness that tremendous holiness that is 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 increased above causes the water to the the wellsprings of living waters to be drawn forth okay from that supernal heart and the explanations of the torah that are drawn in such a way will be much greater quantitatively and qualitatively okay and so Rabbi Nachman says also the difference we understand here between uh, when you hear Torah afterwards, something that was taught by Yatsadik, or when you're actually present when he's giving the Torah. When you're present when he's giving over the Torah, you are part of that connection. You are part of that prayer because your soul is connected and included in the soul of the Tzadik when he opens his heart in prayer to draw those waters down. And so those waters that are brought down, you had a part in bringing them down and bringing them down into this world. And so you have a part in that Torah. And so there's a tremendous significance in being present as part of that congregation where the tzaddik is, uh, is connecting with your soul in his prayer in order to bring down these new explanations of the Torah. But now Rabbi Nachman is going to explain to us another significance, another aspect of significance in being present as part of the congregation um, that is there when the tzaddik is praying before he brings down these explanations, before he draws these explanations of Torah from the supernal heart. And that's what we're up to here. Let's read a line or two. He says that, that all those people that are present at the time of giving over, that the Chacham is giving over these, uh, these Torah explanations, this lecture, okay? Um, so what happens is that any negativity, any evil, any ego within them is subdued and dissolved and eliminated through the good, the positivity, that holiness that is in the, the tzaddik, the rabbi that is giving over this Torah. And so, uh, and so when that happens, so then at the same time, all of the enemies surrounding Yerushalayim are also eliminated, dissolved, subdued subdued and eliminated and dissolved and uh, and Rabbi Nachman is going to explain to us what is the significance of that and we'll see that in the next year Be'ezrat Hashem okay